Welcome back to the most accurate podcast here at 444 Football. And if you're listening online, when we do this live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern every Thursday night until the wildcard round, and you are familiar with what is the best theme song in the entire industry, then you know it's time also for the best ball happy hour here in the 444 YouTube channel with none other than myself, of course, your host, John Daigle, and the man himself, the winner of the underdog playoff gauntlet two years ago, Chris G. Chris, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing great, John. How are you tonight? Doing well. It is that weird time of the year where it is the holidays, but not really since we were coming off Christmas. We all still had work for football, and now we're getting into New Year's, and we know like no one ever, especially in the States, goes back to work on Monday. Everyone waits until Tuesday, so it's just that time of the year where you're trying to like pull out all the energy you can to get through the week since you just look around and like football is still going on despite what I want to be happening right now. Most definitely, man. It's just that time of year. Traffic's light. Everything's going well. And you just want to spend some time at home with the kids and family. And uh, we still got this football going on. I love it. Week seven. And I, and I want to start with what we've learned so far from last week, because yes, only seven days since we just did an episode for everyone listening to the team app feed, but a lot has changed. Some big losses last week, some playoff seating shakeups, some odd percentage increases and dips, and most important, a new article from you on 44.com right now about those changes. So go ahead and just talk a little bit about what you wrote about on the site for this week. Yeah, I just wanted to over touch a, a little bit in overview. When I won the gauntlet, there was actually in the first round there were two spots to advance in the first round, which made it easier to get more of those bi-week players in, like uh, Kansas City at that time, and that was very helpful for me. However, you know, I go in to talk about uh, how what team selection is very important. Team stacking rather than game stacking on wildcard weekend is very important. I talk about volume. Like, if you're going to win the gauntlet, you're going to need volume or an extremely great amount of luck to win. But there is a good chance if you make it to that final round and you've got five to seven guys, you got a real shot at winning that 100K. What do you think we learned from last week in particular? Because last week, recall, we had one team, for example, that went heavy on the Miami Dolphins. And I know both of us have been hard on the Miami Dolphins. But now we're looking at Tua's concussion Likely, not only this week, but I would guess he's gone through the end of the year, if not the first round of playoffs as well. And we know now that the Patriots, if they win out, they are the ones who grasp the final AFC wildcard spot for Miami. The Jets also hanging around. The Jets only need to win out and have the Patriots lose one of their next two games. Tough matchups against Miami and the Bills in Week 18. The Bills, of course, who need to play through Week 18 for their seeding purposes. So, There are still these chances and long shot darts we can throw in drafts, which means we are still trying to get in right now in the gauntlet. It's the best time to do so in order to take on risk adversity and get that edge over the field. But what are some changes you think have happened that are the important ones from the last seven days? So exactly like you said, I'm really down on tour right now. He's probably not coming back, maybe for the playoffs by some miracle. I actually had written up Tua because of his, you know, their explosive offense and, and star players. But uh, I've kind of replaced that now with I'm really targeting the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can get them for dirt cheap on the AFC side. Trevor Lawrence is a really great quarterback. Uh, he's shown flashes, and he's everyone's talked about him being the next Messiah. 
So why not uh, take a gamble on them? Uh, 538 currently has them at a what's a what's it say over there, Diggle? It should be up to towards the top. Yep, the Jaguars, years. 74% chance to make the playoffs because yeah. the Titans are sitting at 27%. And that's why, as we're seeing, we're recording this, of course, before kickoff Thursday. The Titans resting everyone because this game does not matter for them. But the Jaguars, although it's a small chance, I believe it's a 6% chance of them getting the final wild card spot. If they win this week in week 17 and lose in week 18, the fact is they still have two opportunities. They can take that 6% chance or just beat the Titans outright in week 18, which is why they're playing both games. Yeah, I think I, I think I did read that it was like 6 to 9% somewhere. And also, um, basically, it comes down. So Tennessee has to win week 18, like you said. Jacksonville can win or tie. So they, they're in the driver's seat for this. As long as they don't lose week 18, they're in. Seems like a good shot. Another good team that I talked about a little bit as well was, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. It's actually really small and concentrated, right? Because the offense goes through Lamar Legs, J.K. Dobbins, and the big tight end, Mark Andrews. And then if you want to get cute, you can take a Demarcus Robinson. You can take, you know, one of the ancillary Sammy Watkins pieces that, you know, our buddy Evan likes. But uh, I really think it's probably just best to keep it to three people for the, the Baltimore Ravens. I think what's best about the Baltimore Ravens, too, is that they're guaranteed a playoff seed. Like, they've locked it up. The worst they can do is number seven overall. So, of course, like, that's not even a risky selection because at worst you get one game, and yet no one's taking them because we assume, and maybe maybe it's correct, but we assume that Lamar Jackson, like, won't even be back by then, but we're still three weeks away. So I agree. Taking chances. You got a little dice. Especially when Lamar Jackson was a ceiling player for the first three weeks. And I know we're a long time removed, but that's what we talk about rolling the dice. Like he's already proven he could score 40 fantasy points. So you can't say he can't do that because he's already done it. So of course that's how you roll the dice with potential ceiling games, especially if the Ravens move on. I also think 538 odds, for example, give the Bucks a 70% chance to make the playoffs. The Panthers only a 29% chance. The Panthers though, the line's already been bet down this weekend two three-point dogs. And basically, whoever wins that game wins the NFC South. Uh, Some things still have to happen in Week 18, but that is absolutely the direction it's heading. And the Bucs, if they lose their next two games, they will get a top-10 pick in the NFL draft. Like, they literally aren't a good team. They're just a product of NFC football. That's it. And so I I understand the odds giving the Bucs the better chances here because they're favored in that game. But at the same time, if the Panthers win they're going as well and getting one game out of playoff underdog best ball tournament. So I think the Panthers are also interesting to take here. Yeah, they're definitely interesting. I mean, I think uh, you have, you can probably do, let's see, DJ Moore. It's a good ancillary piece. You can do Dante Foreman. Chubba Hubbard now has some merit. The the only thing I don't like about the uh, Carolina Panthers is that they got that three-way backfield committee that seems like it's going to stay because it's been working so well for them, you know? So that's going to be difficult. I really hope Tampa Bay gets in, at least for the playoff format, because you know it's condensed to Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronkowski if he comes back, and uh, you know Lenny, more than likely, and possibility of Rashad White. Let's say some people have already been drafting for a couple weeks. Let's say they took our advice and started jumping in last week, for example. So they've had seven days now to draft. Let's just throw the Dolphins out there. Uh, are you now, if you've only been drafting these past seven days, trying to hedge with these other AFC wildcard contenders like the Patriots and Jets? 
I'm probably staying away from that whole mess altogether and okay. just concentrating on the top AFC teams, Kansas City, Buffalo, if I want to worry about the buy situation, Joe Burrow, if I, if I, if I, if I don't get Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. And then if I don't get anything from the AFC, I probably look at Trevor Lawrence or Lamar Jackson. Uh, I like Justin Herbert, but he's very pricey relative to the other guys. Last week, of course, we also had a situation where we drafted Saquon Barkley together and the rare times we have been hedging, you and I, the 49ers, who we still think is one of the better stacks because Brock Purdy still goes so late. Uh, and right now we know if the Giants simply beat the Nick Foles Colts, it's going to happen. Uh, the mm -hmm. market continues not pricing the Colts as a CFL team. They're actually still pricing them as an NFL team, which is wrong. Then we know we at least get one game out of the Giants. So I don't even want to pretend like the Giants aren't going to make the playoffs. Let's talk about the end of the NFC and the Commanders still trying to jostle for position here. I do think the Saints, although they can win the NFC South, are kind of out of it. The Seahawks also, as we know, 538 in particular, giving them 27% odds to make the playoffs. Are you messing around with like commander's builds here if you're stacking the top seeds in the NFC? I, uh, I'm messing around a little bit with the Seahawks actually and the Packers currently. Okay. Like I did a, did a couple and uh, I'll take I'll take a shot on Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. Like there's a lot of pieces there that, that are super concentrated. When Aaron Rodgers clicks with someone, he just goes to them over and over again. So Christian Watson, depending on his hip issue, I mean, all these guys at the end of the NFC for the seventh seed are practically free. And Minnesota, if they maintain the two seed, is probably one of the weakest two seeds that I've seen in a long time. So they just give up. I mean, they, they were neck and neck with Indianapolis that you called yourself a CFL team, right? I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, it's uh, interesting. So the seventh seed is interesting to me, and I like taking some shots on Green Bay and uh, – it's also interesting that Seahawks for yeah. Green Bay, at least, that Aaron Jones now has been injured three times, one being a re-aggravation, but three times in the last four games. And so here we have like A.J. Dillon going in at full strength. Aaron Jones, I'm expecting him to be limited, if not inactive altogether, for that game against the Vikings. Of course, the Packers have to win out and have a couple more things happen. It's not... It's definitely not like a long shot odds here. They can definitely sneak in. And so I, I do think A.J. Dillon, who's getting drafted after Aaron Jones, is also sort of interesting for the, that team. Yeah, I'm actually worried about all the people who have been drafting Amon Ross St. Brown because after that performance last week, it's, you know, NFL such a crazy thing, but it's just uh, looks tough for all those guys that drafted him as a last round ancillary piece. All right. We've talked about it. We might as well get it started here before this. NFL preseason game kicks off on Thursday. So let's jump in to a gauntlet draft together. Everyone in the chat listening live, if you're here, three, two, and one. Uh, I don't need rankings, right? No. Nah, okay. I good. got it. La they didn't give us that uh, warning last week. I wonder if that's something new they added in the last seven days. I just did one this morning and uh, I didn't I didn't see it at all and I don't have ranking set in mind. It's more just a, a feel for the like I said the seating. You know that's all it is for this. I'm also currently on the road in Ohio. I hope Underdog launches in Ohio. I think <clears> it does. But if, if not, not, I can do it. If not, then we have a whole nother problem to worry about. Yes. Let's fetch it really quick. I also think, as we mentioned. Since we think the Packers, if they do sneak in, would be a lower seed. Yes, that's a team that I like stacking. 
Um, not honestly, not, you don't even have to include Aaron Rodgers. No 300 yard games here. Uh, he's had soft matchups too in the past. Uh, just look at his mo- most recent two: the Titans, the last week as well against the Dolphins. In warm weather, team total increased, total increased throughout the week. And Aaron Rodgers still has not been a top 13 quarterback in his last five games in a row. Uh, his highest finished is one QB seven. It's been a little bit of a mess. So, yeah, I mean, nothing's really changed from last week except Tennessee getting replaced with Jacksonville in the seeding. And uh, the only difference is for the NFC is the seven seed. And if San Francisco is going to jump into the two seed to get that extra home game, you know? So that's the only thing I'm really looking at right now as far as for this playoff format here. It just changes it up just a little bit of who you would pair with, you know. So that would be interesting as well. New York Giants are probably going to more than likely get in. So this is this is going to be good. So Saquon's a sneaky pick for us last week. All right, Chris. We're going to have to uh, fine-tune. We're going to have to do this on the fly. Is it possible for you to share your screen? There we go. All right. If we happen to more, if you uh happen to be in the draft while we were jumping in, thus you don't get to draft with me or us because you're in the room before, please just DM me at Najee Daigle on Twitter and uh, I will gladly send you those underdog bucks to make up for it. One more, we're gonna get it filled here. Has there been a change in the last seven days? in your primary stacks again we talked about it last week i know you were heavy on the 49ers in particular um have you changed that notion since sunday and saturday games happened no i see patrick mahomes i take him and then if i miss out on that guy i really haven't had the opportunity to miss out on him all my last couple drafts have been just in the one slot and the two slot i know uh, hard times for me but i really like the six slot too because you get a double you can double tap something and dictate how the room goes the rest of the way which is kind of nice as well. So um, I kind of lean towards, uh, you know, I like getting Cincinnati. I have a little light on them so far, so I might look to do that. Um, I won't take Joe Burrow in the first round, though, because there's so many other teams that have Joe Burrow in the second or third round, and it's almost the fill rate's pretty high already. So I lean on the side of caution on that. So look at that. We got the six, six slot. That's what we enjoyed last week, too. Um I also think that still the running game for Cincinnati is a sneaky way to attack it since logically everyone goes straight to Burrow, Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Yes. Even using the 4 for 4 underdog gauntlet tool, ADP, which is free for everyone, actually. Just remember, go to 4for4.com, hover over the tools tab at the top, and then underneath research, the very top selection is underdog gauntlet ADP. You'll even see that Joe Burrow is currently being, no, uh, Jamar Chase is currently the fifth overall pick in drafts, 5.4 ADP. So that's kind of where everyone starts and then tries to backdoor Burrow double stack. So the running game is a sneaky way to go. Yeah, definitely. And shout out to my guy, Sam Hoppin, for making the tool on 444. Really great tool. It makes a lot of tools. Yeah. (laughs) Makes a lot of tools and then tweets them all to Mina Kimes. So there you go. Good job, Sam. (laughs) <laughs> all right we are at one six uh the screen is oh no i could i can zoom in here and see we are good you're good okay yeah okay and Mahomes, of course one one not surprising at all josh allen one two that's the way usually drafts play out so right now you've already mentioned that in your first three picks you like to try to start your stacking beyond team stacks like your actual conference stacks and so 
with Jamar Chase and Christian McCaffrey off the board next, where are we thinking with the double tap at the back? Why don't why don't we just take Jalen Hurts and uh, AJ Brown and just commit to this Eagles onslaught, and then we can get Lamar or Trevor on the way back, you know, later. That's great. Um, Hurts' ADP as well has dipped into the third round recently, so we are taking him a little early, but that's fine, especially because if he doesn't play Week 17, we know he's close enough to play Week 18. Yeah, I just read a report that he's practicing today, so that was interesting. Yeah. Are you cool with AJ Brown? Absolutely. It's funny yeah, too because really, uh, while Jalen Hurts' ADP has dipped a full round in the gauntlet, uh, both AJ Brown and Devonta Smiths have not. Oddly enough, and you know maybe that's because Gardner Minshew did come off the bench. Even though we talked about it on several shows on this very podcast feed, just the matchup for him since the Cowboys were just injured. Uh, QB five performance to Trevor Lawrence, QB seven to Gardner Minshew. So the Cowboys aren't even a good defense right now. That's the thing. It's a different spot against Saints, but at the same time. They'd allowed Minshew to come in and sling it. Uh, 350 yards, the seventh highest depth of target among all quarterbacks for the week. So they really didn't change their game plan. That's important for the stacking options here. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Howie Roseman got a Gardner Minshew for free, and they're doing it without, with or without Jalen, which is crazy. So I think this is amazing, just like you said. And, uh, I mean, we got some interesting things coming up here. I was really hoping the five slot would have let Travis Kelsey fall to the six. Then we could probably take Kelsey and Jalen and try to get maybe Devontae or Goddard on the way back to kind of get a, a unique Kansas City Philly stack, I think. Uh, but that was not the case. So, And then, of uh, course, off the board, your typical second rounders, Diggs, Eckler, T. Higgins, all the different people, Tony Pollard in a stack, resting on Thursday, but clearly the Titans rested everyone, so the Cowboys know they're just fine. Yeah, for sure. Joe Mixon now also did not make it back to us here in the second round. But with our Eagle stack, are you, since again, we talked about this last week, we now have a top seed, presumably in the NFC. What is your next move, big picture wise? If Devontae and Miles Sanders are there, I take those two guys and I'm done with the NFC. Onslaughting. I'm onslaughting it. Yeah, I'm taking those two guys and then I'm just the last six are all going to be studs on the other side of the AFC or like Trevor or Lamar, something to that effect. So they're both here. Let's go ahead and take them, yes. But for those who, let's say, may be worried, since we now are taking four players from one team that will presumably have a first-round bye, obviously that is like the biggest leak in underdog gauntlet play is not enough people – reassure themselves they can make it past the first round because all they do is draft the best players who are on buys. So now what is the strategy? Like now you're going for lower seeds in the AFC, second round seeds in the AFC. How does this work? Yeah, I'm probably taking a couple ancillary pieces from one of the top offenses in the AFC. And then I'm probably trying to stack a team like Jacksonville or Baltimore or the Chargers. Eckler's already off the board, so that's probably not going to happen for us, you know? So... I actually see a really interesting pick here um, that would be nice to come back for us and that we would be done at, at a couple positions here. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like if you look, if we're looking at Trevor Lawrence here, his ADP is 53.6 right now on underdog. Kirk, 56. Our, our, our buddy Zay Jones, 59. I mean, and no one, and no one's probably drafting Evan Ingram, 59.2. I mean, and he's like been the stud for the past couple of weeks. So, I mean, it's very easy to get those guys. 
and we can get another stack of four and then maybe a top tier offense on Kansas City or Buffalo, you know. Um, that's a really good pick by Smush Smush, Jared McKinnon at the 4-6. It's a really nice pick. And we talked about moms. it last week, but also remember everyone on the article that Chris just put out, he also has some of his deeper plays, like a McCall Hardman, like an Elijah Mitchell, who's returned to practice, I believe, ahead of Week 17, although I wonder how much he would even play. Uh, but yes, he has the, his favorite last-round picks in that article as well. All right, we're on the clock here, so we can pretty much we can do we can do the Chargers, we can do the Jacksonville. What do you feel like? We can do Baltimore too if you want. Baltimore would likely be playing against Jacksonville, so I think we can cool. only do one. And Nick, call it, dude. Which who do you want? Let's go Chargers. All right, I'm going to take Keenan Allen first, and then we can decide. I think we should probably take uh, Herbert now because the other guy has Eckler, kind of like how I'd probably do it. His ADP is 34. We're at 31. We're taking a smidge past. So you, you do want you do want a quarterback? Yes, you do want a quarterback for the wild card round, or is this just a? Yes, we need a quarterback for the wild card round because the Philadelphia Eagles are a 97 percent chance to get the first round by. Got it. So we need to get points there. Cool. Perfect. I just want to make sure everyone listening knows that yes, if you do draft, although we last week our first episode we emphasized one quarterback strategy. We we both love the idea, but as you're saying. If you do have one of the two number one seeds with a bye, you need to make sure you draft a second quarterback to make sure they're playing on wild card weekend. Yeah, and right now the Chargers are currently playing the Bengals, and that's that could be a really good game, a shootout game. We do. We are still in redraft leagues and DFS, like wish casting the Chargers to be something else, uh, uh, like other than their, you know, Justin Herbert's twenty seventh a dot in the league. Uh, I wish they had more push. Herbert's doing nothing in fantasy, but at the same time, again, this is this is small pool, and um, we still get to bet on the Chargers anyhow and just try to leverage situations. So totally fine with it. That's great. And then um, I, I really like uh, – like look at Mike Williams. He's a 40.9 ADP. Joshua Palmer, if you miss out on him, is a 58.2. The only thing we're going to run into trouble here is the running back position. So we might have to get – a little crazy, maybe take a uh, first round stab on JK Dobbins or something like that, you know, or cause right now I, I like Devin Singletary, but he's a first round buy currently and we already have Miles Sanders. So we can do Dobbins. Those. We can do Travis Etienne. We can do a lot of different ways. Yeah. I mean, who do you think has the better defense run defense, Baltimore or Jackson or Baltimore, right? So I'd probably go JK, right? Yes. But also like Baltimore's defense is kind of fraudulent because the last four quarterbacks they've played consist of Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, uh, a couple others. We're on the clock now, but the last four weeks, it it doesn't really, it doesn't scare me. Dude, let's take, uh, let's take Marquez Valdez-Scantling and McCall Hardman and be done with Kansas City. Okay. And then we, we're going to get any Charger guy we want on the way back. And then we don't have to worry about the one guy taking all the charge of the Kansas City guys. Okay. Let's sneak in a Chiefs deck a Chiefs mini stack to go with our Chargers, the Chiefs, of course, who. Yeah, we really need we really need some spike weeks, right, from a couple of guys in the first round, especially since four of our ten guys are on a bye. And currently, as it stands, we're going to have a quarterback at Justin Herbert. We got two pieces of the Kansas City. And then we can also, uh, you know, rely on a couple scores from uh, the Chargers. I think uh, things is going well. You know, you get Joshua Palmer. 
Gerald Everett, one of those guys. And then maybe we look at another running back like JK. I, I think uh, the only person that'll probably take it from us is the, uh, let's see here, the four spot, I believe. Who took Lamar? Oh, the two spot. But he has one, two, three, four running backs already. So he should pass on JK because as it stands, you can only start two running backs and he has four already. And so, Gus Edwards, I think, should be on that list too. Oh, that's a that's a great call. Not, none, none usually, of the, neither of them getting targets, which is why, like, even in DFS this week, J.K. Dobbins was so cheap, but you couldn't actually recommend playing him because the floor is so low. They're just splitting carries. That's all they're doing. So yeah, I think Gus Edwards like should be like in your article. I think he's a good selection too. He's been know, as efficient. The- you're absolutely right. I, I, I tend to gloss over the Baltimore because, in my opinion, and, and this sounds kind of bad, but I don't think Baltimore is getting out of the first round, just that's, how bad they've been looking. That's totally fair. Know? Honestly, yeah. It's it's hard because we it feels like we haven't seen Lamar Jackson in like two months. All right. So we have Joshua Palmer locked in. Are you cool with that? Yep. Now we, we can look at the running back position here. So we got anything scream out to you? We, I, you Derek got, Henry's you got Derek Henry there too, yeah. I mean – kind of crazy i know you don't like tampa bay but leonard fournette's there let me just take joshua palmer here who is a is leonard fournette usually a value in the 10th round uh i i think so i mean did you see his passing upside there i know it's only half ppr here but it's pretty good we can eat it we can also go man it's tough it's tough right now um we could i think uh derrick henry's a gamble if he comes back and he's fully healthy but it's going against Baltimore. That's the other thing. I kind of feel like we should go Leonard Fournette here. To star someone. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I guess he doesn't. He doesn't conflict with our stack. If they win, you know they'll play Tampa. I mean they'll play Philly in the second round. But then Philly will also have Miles Sanders on the game, so we'll have access to running back points. Yeah. My my only thing right now with the Bucks is that their ADP is just about by being a terrible team. Like their ADPs are steamed, whereas like no one's taking the Panthers still. So like, and again, if the Panthers who could easily beat the Bucks this Sunday, and then like suddenly it's now Deontay Foreman we're getting one game out of, or Chuba Hubbard instead of Leonard Fournette at significantly less ADP, that would be my concern here. That's why I would lean like Panthers running backs at least for the next four days. No, you know what? That makes perfect sense too. We probably should have considered Deontay Foreman there. Um, let me tell you something. We also had only like 10 seconds of the clock, so I I'm not worried about it. It's fine. Yeah. Listen, listen to this here. Um, I'm looking at some of these teams here and they look great, but we're all planning as Josh Allen's going to be the buy, right? If Josh Allen loses to Cincinnati Bengals, throw out at least 50 to 60% of these drafts that have already been completed because most people are drafting as if they're right, right? Which is going to mean a lot of dead teams in the, uh, in the gauntlet. So you have a good chance. If you uh, if you're avoiding the top tier guys before the seating takes place, to get in a pretty sneaky unique team because everybody like myself included is drafting Mahomes solo, right? And if you don't if you don't have a quarterback in the in the spot for the first round, you're eliminated. You're you might as well just consider that a dead team, you know. So it's very interesting, uh, you know, just what's going to happen on Monday Night Football in Week 17. It's going to probably decide the seating for the AFC. You know, oh, does that mean? Are there any scenarios then? Like, let's say Sunday ends, we obviously then have 24 hours until Monday night kickoff, knowing seating 
rejostling is going to happen no matter what happens. Um, is there a way you would alter your approach? Like, is there a team then you would jump on in that 24 hour window? You wake up Monday morning and Monday afternoon, start doing drafts. Uh, is there something that could happen Sunday that you would then change your approach for? So if Kansas city by some uh, crazy chance loses on Sunday, then they're all but locked in the two seat. And for me, Mahomes is the one-on-one it's already He's already been the one-on-one for me for the whole entire time. But if he loses for some reason on Sunday against Denver, then he's locked in the number one one-on-one because Josh Allen is going to get that by. And then you're going to have to devote 20% of your quarter, your team to the quarterback position. And that's what currently people are doing now. So I see a lot of teams that are taking Josh Allen, another quarterback to compensate for that. But if Josh Allen somehow loses on Monday night football, uh, those teams to me are dead because they've allocated 20% of their roster space to the quarterback position. And there's going to be somebody out of these thousands of uh, teams that has Josh Allen solo with another ancillary piece that could help them into the final round. That's why it's so crucial to be looking at, you know, taking that chance now with your team. So if you take Josh Allen and you take him solo, you're betting on the fact that he's going to lose Monday night football. And then your team will reflect and have a, a major advantage compared to every other Josh Allen team that has a second quarterback. Cause you're going to have that one extra skill position player that could go off on wildcard weekend and the divisional and the conference championship. And if you make it to the Super Bowl, you're going to have Josh Allen plus that one little piece like Dawson Knox or Isaiah McKenzie or Cole Beasley, where the other guy who drafted Lamar Jackson or, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, to cover himself for that first week. Uh, won't have, you know, because you can only start one quarterback spot. And vice versa, the players you talk about in your article, we talked about last week even, the the late round darts for the Chiefs, like Nicole Hardman, Clatter Rizalaire, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you could also potentially still get them playing wild card weekend at lower ADP than universally what's happening in drafts. So yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great plan for that, 12 to 24 hour window after Sunday night football until Monday night football kicks off. Uh, Chris, your article is obviously on the site. Anything else you want to leave the people with? It's 30 minutes in. We did one draft. I can't apparently host and stream from over here. So let's just cut it at one draft this time around. Um, anything else you want to leave the people with before? Oh, no, not at all, man. Just happy, to be here. just happy to be here. Check out my article on 444. And uh, if you ever need to go home, you can just uh, tweet me at Chris G. Just uh, right there on the screen. Thanks. Good man. Also, when he wins you the gauntlet, send him a bottle of tequila, because I know from experience <laughs> that's what he enjoys a lot. Uh, and, of course, we will still be back on Sunday with a recap show waiting in your feeds by Monday morning for everyone. Yes, we're cutting some of our shows. We are now getting in closer to our off-season schedule, but obviously the Best Ball Happy Hour will be here the next couple of weeks, as well as a preview and recap show. So until then, until next time, you know the rule. Be a little bit kinder than what's required. We'll see you then.